Um, well, last Sunday, uh, we started a new sermon series called Reveal, uh, telling the story of Jesus. And uh, in this sermon series, our key scripture passage, kind of behind it all, is Jesus' last words to his disciples, his command that he gave to them and his uh, command to us from Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through 20, in particular, uh, verses 19 and 20, where he says, Go, therefore into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And our purpose in this series is to help us develop the kind of practices that will empower us to live out this command that Jesus gave to us, right? We want to be uh, people who are telling the story of Jesus. We want to become better at being able to tell that story. We want to be able to tell others about what Jesus has done for us. And so throughout this series, we're going to be talking about these practices that enable us to do that, that empower us to have more confidence, uh, to be more comfortable and confident as we do. And I don't know if this series has me listening a little bit more intently as I'm going out and about more intently at people who are telling God's stories or or maybe if it's God trying to teach me some things or probably, well, I know God's trying to teach me some things, but, but maybe it's both. Uh, But just this past week, I heard a couple of people who were sharing what God had done for them and it felt so encouraging. I went to uh, a prayer brunch at a place called The Front this week. It was mainly pastors and ministry leaders who were gathered together. And, and when I walked in, there was this guy who greeted me at the door. And so we just kind of started talking, uh, make it small talk. You know, where are you from? How long have you been here? Those kinds of things. And, and as we were talking, he began to share how he got to this place, how he got to this point. And, and he started talking about how he came to faith in Christ as a part of that journey that led him to be, uh, you know, there at the front in that moment. Uh, and he said that he was a prison guard and he didn't really have any kind of faith in Christ. And somebody came into the prison and they were sharing about Jesus with uh, people who were in the prison with some of the guards who were there. And, and through this ongoing witness and testimony, he came to be somebody who professed faith in Jesus. Throughout all these conversations, he eventually said yes to Jesus. And he was saying that at first it was, it was kind of difficult uh, because he felt like he was the only person who was a follower of Christ there. That he didn't know if any of the other guards were following Jesus, but, but he himself had made that commitment. And so he said, as part of my commitment to following Jesus, I made the decision that, that I'm going to be the best prison guard that's here. That I'm going to do my, my job with, with excellence. That I'm going to, I'm going to witness to Christ through, through being the best guard, by, by treating inmates the best, through the way in which I go about my, my work, that I'm going to witness to Christ. And, and I just thought that was, you know, such a, a compelling idea to start out with. One, like, you know, incredible that he came to faith in Christ because some people had that burden on their heart to reach out to those who were in prisons. And so here this prison guard is that comes to faith in Christ. And then as he does, he felt alone uh, in a lot of it, but he made that decision to be a witness through the way in which he went about his work. And and, and really what that means for all of us, right, that, that each of us could uh, could be a witness to others in our workplace just by doing our work well, by the way in which we treat and interact with people, that it becomes a way of, of witnessing. And as he was telling the story, like this is already running through my head. Maybe I need to work on my listening a little bit more, but I'm, I'm thinking through all of these things. And then, and then he kept telling the story. 
And he said, uh, you know, over time, as, as he began to live in this way, there were opportunities that came up for him to kind of talk with some of the fellow guards as more ministries came into the prison. Uh, there were more and more guards that came to know Christ, and, and there were other, some of the inmates that came to know Christ, and, and how they developed this sense of connection. And then, uh, and then he retired, and he left, and he was in Fort Myers. Uh, he was living in Fort Myers, and he, and he went to a church there. Uh, and while he was at church one Sunday, an, an inmate came in, uh, not an escapee, somebody who had gotten out. Uh, and, and, and he said that uh, he didn't recognize this guy, but the guy recognized him. And the guy came up to him and, and basically said, you know what, I knew that you were a Christian. It's like, I was, I was one of the inmates in the, in the prison where you worked. And I knew that you were a Christian because I could see it in you. I could see it in the way that you worked. I could see it in the way that you treated others and the way that you treated us as the fellow inmates that are there. And it just really struck me, you know, like what an incredible story of what God is doing in this guy's life. How incredible it was that this guy wasn't trying to sell me or convince me of anything. He was simply telling the story of what God had done for him and just kind of how how at ease he was in this whole process of just being able to say you know what this is what god has done in my life and this is a cool thing that god was doing and it was encouraging to me and then the next day there was a guy who walked in the church uh, he needed some prayer and he needed some support and he was saying that he was a first responder and uh, he had gotten a serious car accident what he said at first was he said so i got in a big car accident and i died but God brought me back to life. I was like, whoa, okay. And so we began to talk about it a little bit more, this idea of, of what God wanted in his life, what God was doing in his life. And so as we prayed, he said that he wanted prayer for direction. I was like, if God brought me back, what does God want me to do now that God has preserved my life? And it was incredible because I don't think this guy thought about what he was doing as giving testimony. He didn't think about what he was doing as, as being a witness. I don't know that he even thought about what he was doing as telling the story of Jesus or, or telling the story of what God had done. He was just simply saying, hey, this is what happened in my life. But he was. Right? He was offering testimony. He was telling the story of what God had done for him. And so as I heard both of these guys sharing uh, these stories of what God was doing in their lives, it, it was beautiful. Because it was, it was effortless, it was smooth, it was just simply saying, this is what God is doing. And I know that as they were telling these stories, they were in Christian spaces, and so sometimes it makes it easier for us to talk about God when we're in, in Christian spaces, but it was still something that was moving. It was encouraging to hear. I, I think it could be encouraging for us, right, if we're, when we're gathered in groups, when we're gathered together with one another, to just be able to to say, you know what, this is something that God has done in my life. This is something that, that God is doing. And, and so this stories this week highlighted for me what I hope we can become as God's people together here at Port Charlotte. Right? Then when we gather that we can talk about what God has done and what God is doing in our lives. That, that we can notice the ways that God is showing up. And, and we can tell others about that. Uh, we can become people like uh, my new prison guard friend whose witness becomes evident to others. Right? That we can be that kind of people who go about our work with a, with a sense of excellence, with a sense of purpose, that we want to give witness to what Christ has done and, and everything that we're doing. Uh, so that people will be able to say to us one day, you know what, I, I knew that you were a Christian. I, I could see it in the way that you worked. I could see it in the way that you treated people, whether it's coworkers or uh, neighbors, that whoever it is, that they will see and know Christ in you. And I hope that's what people will say of me one day as well. 
And so this sermon series reveal is, is focused on these six practices uh, that we're going to talk about because these practices are hopefully going to empower us to be that kind of people, the kind of people who can talk about what God has done in our lives, who can share it in a way that leads and draws people unto Christ. And these six practices form the acronym REVEAL, and I'll just run through them real quick again. The first is uh, REPEAT. We want to repeat the story. Uh, We want to repeat the core message, repeat these practices, that it becomes a lifestyle for us, something that we regularly engage in. The second of the practices is to educate uh, yourself in the biblical message, and we'll talk a little bit more about this today. Uh, The third is to verify the gospel with your life. Much like this prison guard, people could see that he was a follower of Christ through the way that he lived, through the way that he worked, through the way that he interacted with others. Uh, The fourth practice is to explain your encounter with the gospel. Uh, To be able to tell your story. What has God done in your life? What is God doing in your life? Uh, The fifth practice is to attend to the Holy Spirit's nudge or prod that we want to be good listeners and doers when the Spirit moves and works. When the Spirit says go, we want to go. When the Spirit says wait, we want to wait. When the Spirit says speak, we want to be able to speak. And the sixth practice is to listen to others. To listen to their thoughts and to their doubts. Uh, To listen for moments and opportunities where there might be an opportunity to to share something about Christ. Where there might be an opportunity to to pray for them. You know, I I noticed this thing about myself and I I don't think I do it all the time anymore. I try to, to do better at this. But it used to be when people would ask me to pray for them. I'd say, okay, I'll pray for you. And then if you've ever been in that kind of situation, what happens the next day or two days later? Some, well, if you're me, at least you would forget uh, to pray. And so I said, you know what? I don't like that. I don't like that. I forget to pray. I've, I've made a commitment. I'm just going to pray right on the spot. Somebody asked me to pray. Let, let's do it. Let's pray right now. Uh, and, and so I began to do that more and more. And, and I think a part of these practices that we want to develop, that we want to uh, listen for the spirit, that we want to be able to tell the story of Jesus is, is even something as simple as that. A, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker says, hey, you know, this is going on in my life. Oh, wow, you know, that's really tough. You know, uh, can, can I pray for you? And they might say no. It might take them back a little bit, but it's okay. Like, if they say no, then you say, oh, okay, well, that's all right. You know, well, I, I hope it goes well for you. But if they say yes, you don't have to be the world's greatest prayer. <laughs> you could say, right, you, you don't have to have all the things right. You just say, God, you know, this is my friend, and they really need your help in this situation that they just named. Uh, We pray this in Jesus' name. And it begins to give a witness, right? That we believe the things that we're saying are actually true. That God can make a difference. That God can make an impact. That God truly is faithful. And so these six practices help us to do that. And one of those practices uh, that we're talking about this morning is the second practice. To educate ourselves to the biblical message. To to learn uh, what's taking place in this story of Jesus. To let it live within us so that it lives through us. And our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22. It's the story of Jesus calling uh, his disciples. And it's kind of interesting if you think about, you know, where the gospel of Matthew ends with that great commission that we talked about, right? To to go uh, into all the world, make disciples, people of all nations, and and where it begins. And this is where this journey for the disciples begins here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And so as Jesus uh, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. 
casting a net into the sea uh, because they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. As Jesus went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee and his brother, John in the boat with their father, Zebedee. They were mending their nets and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Right, and so this, this passage, right, it comes at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's going around, he's preaching, he's telling everybody, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And as he's walking around in this town called Capernaum, he's, he's walking alongside the sea. He sees these two brothers, Peter and John. And they were fishermen, or Peter and Andrew and then James and John, and they were fishermen. And, and, I, and I love this idea that they were fishermen, that the first people that Jesus called to be his disciples were fishermen. Uh, what I love is that it's just an ordinary job, right? I mean, these aren't uh, the people who have, you know, they're, they're not like the, the genius, maybe they are, but they're, they're not the genius level people. They're not like the, the people who have all the gifts, all the skills, all the abilities, all the talents in the world. They're fishermen. They're ordinary people. I feel like me, like you, there's, there's nothing that's noted that's extraordinary about them. Nothing that would make them stand out. Being a fisherman in that time was a regular old job. They lived by the water, and so they went out and they fished. They learned a trade, most likely from their father who they're out in the boat alongside of. And I love that this is their job because what we see in Jesus is that he calls all kinds of different people. You don't have to have it all figured out and everything put together before Jesus calls and invites you to follow him. You don't have to have, uh, you know, all of the answers before Jesus invites you to follow him, before Jesus sends you out and uses you. Uh, in the passage we read, right, he calls, he calls a couple of brothers who are fishermen. He calls a couple of other brothers who are fishermen. Later on, he calls a tax collector. Uh, after that, he invites this guy who's called a zealot, which means he's ready to riot against the Roman Empire. Uh, he calls all kinds of different people to follow him, people like prison guards and first responders, people like teachers and electricians, pastors, students, even retirees. Like God is calling all of them. Jesus calls people from all different walks of life to follow him. And he says, I'm going to make you fish for people. Uh, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Right? And so he calls, he calls Peter, he calls Andrew, he calls James and John. He tells them to follow him. They drop their nets. They follow him. And what they end up doing is they follow him for three years uh, before uh, he's crucified and then buried, resurrected, and ascends into heaven. They're following him around day after day after day. They're walking around with Jesus. Uh, they're following him. They're learning from him. Uh, they see him while he's teaching, and they're listening, and they're taking it in. And there's times when Jesus will be teaching large groups of people, and there's times whenever he pulls them aside and says, Hey, you guys, come a little bit closer. Let me tell you a little bit more about what I was saying to the crowd. Let me give you a few more details. They see Jesus while he's performing miracles. Uh, they're hanging out with him while he's resting and relaxing uh, while he's praying while he's in the temple uh, everywhere he goes they are with him right this is their education this is their learning the biblical message is just walking and talking with jesus that everywhere they go that he's there and and i love that this that this invitation that jesus gives them to follow them is is preparing them for this command that he's going to give them later Right? As he's inviting them to follow after him, it's a preparation for this calling that he's going to give them down the road. 
Right? He doesn't just take them out of nowhere and say, go and make disciples. First, he invites them to be a disciple, to follow after me, to learn from me, to learn my ways. And then I'm going to send you out to practice, to put into practice everything that I've taught you. It's why this part of, uh, of our six practices becomes an important piece, right? That we want to educate ourselves. We want to learn. We want to commit ourselves to following Jesus closely enough that, that we know him, that we really, really know him deep down within our lives, that day by day, week by week, year by year, we're walking and we're talking with Jesus. And when we wake up in the morning, <laughs> good morning, Jesus. How's it going? That we, that we see his face. We're listening and we're in tune, that we're reading his word, uh, that we're seeing and we're knowing what's going on. And what ends up happening is as we're learning from Jesus, as we're walking and talking with Jesus, as we're reading our Bibles and we're, we're engaging with him on a regular basis, uh, what will happen is Jesus will begin sending us out to kind of put into practice these things that we're reading, these things that we're learning. This is what he does with the disciples. If you, if you be, continue to read uh, through Matthew's gospel, right? Jesus first invites them, come, follow me. I'll make you fish for people. Uh, they begin to go around. They hear his teaching. They see the miracles. And then one day Jesus says, all right, now I'm, I'm going to send you all out. Uh, everybody get a partner and you guys are going to go out and you're going to do the things that you've seen me do. I can imagine the disciples when they heard this are probably like, you know, what, what are you talking about, Jesus? I, I, I've never done this before, Jesus. I've, I've never prayed with somebody before, Jesus. I, I've never gone out and I've never cast out a demon. Jesus. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know about you, but the first time that I do something, if I've never done it before, I have a little bit of anxiety, right? I get a little bit nervous. Whatever it is, if I haven't done it and it's my first time, I've got anxiety. Jesus is like, eh, it'll be all right. I'll be with you. Just go and do it. He just sends them out. And so they go out and, and they do some things well, right? They pray for some people. Some people are healed. Uh, they talk to some people. Some people are drawn to Jesus. And then there's other things that they don't do well. <laughs> they come back. They've messed up. They've failed. Uh, they, they didn't quite get it right, but they just regroup. Jesus says, okay, we'll come back together. They, they reflect on their experiences, what they just practiced, what went well, what didn't. Uh, they hear some more of Jesus' teaching. They're prayed over. They're encouraged. Uh, they're invited to have more faith. Uh, but they're drawn back into Jesus. And through this process, they are, they're being discipled. They're walking with Jesus, learning from him. Then they take that step out and they practice it. And then they kind of they come back with the group and with Jesus. And they're saying, okay, this, this worked. This didn't work. You know, what's going on? How do we draw close to Jesus once again? I mean, I don't, think, I don't think that when they first signed up to be a follower of Jesus that they knew that they were signing up for. They didn't know that all of this was going to unfold. But they signed up to follow Jesus and to learn from him. And in doing so, they're ready and prepared whenever Jesus leaves to go out and to tell that story again. Uh, Simon Peter, uh, later on, uh, this, this first disciple that Jesus called later on, uh, he would he would go on and he would be the one who's writing letters to churches, uh, telling churches, encouraging them about Jesus. And, and as he's writing to these churches in the very last of the letters that we have that he wrote, his final word of encouragement, I think, really describes this process that he went through as a follower of Jesus and, and, and a word of encouragement for us as well. In Second Peter 3.18, he says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter's 
encouraging those who are followers of Jesus to not have a stagnant faith, to have a faith that's growing and that's producing fruit. He's encouraging those who said yes to Jesus uh, to know that when you say yes to Jesus, when you say that you're going to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, that growth is a part of that expectation, right? That we don't just say yes to Jesus and then it's just kind of nothing, But there's this daily growing alongside of him, learning from Jesus, growth in my own life, and then fruit as I see it poured out in the lives of those around me. Peter himself was changed and transformed as he followed Jesus. He grew and he learned as he followed Jesus. He began to better know and understand the message of the Bible as he followed Jesus. And so he's telling all of us that the same thing is is required for us. Then when we take that first step, But there's another step that's to come. And there's another step. And there's another step. We don't have to take all the steps at once. We just have to take the next step. It makes me think. uh, I'm not a big Frozen fan. A Frozen 2 fan. I don't know if anybody's seen the Frozen movies or not. Uh, I like the first one. The second one, not so much. But my girls like it, so we watch it. But there's this great song uh, in the second one. Uh, where it's, it's Anna, and she just has to sing and tell herself kind of over and over, like, do the next right thing, right? Do the next right thing. I don't have to worry about, like, all of the things down the road, but just what's the next right thing? And it becomes, I think, a question for us in our walk with Christ is, is what's that next step that, that Jesus is inviting me to? What's that next step that he's calling me to? Is the next step that I need to join a group where I'm with others, where I'm encouraged by others, where I'm, I'm reading God's word with others, uh, where I'm being lifted up and prayed for by others, where I'm practicing how to pray for others in a group? Is the next step that he's inviting me to to maybe cut out some time in my day that I can, that I can read God's word, that I can read these stories of Jesus and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that I can spend that time with him each day is the next step, the next right thing that he's inviting me to. Is it, is it to take that next step of faith and, and maybe go talk to my friend or my neighbor or my coworker uh, to pray for them, to, to tell them what God has done in my life? Or maybe even there's a step before that where I'm telling another friend, a Christian friend, about something that God has done for me so that I feel more comfortable in the next moment. But there's a next thing that we're invited to as we're growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. There is a next step that we take. It's never stagnant. It's never still. It's always growing and moving dynamic as the spirit works within us. Jesus gives us this command to go and make disciples, but it comes after the invitation to be a disciple, uh, to learn and to grow, to walk with him. So kind of the uh, last, last thought I'll, I'll I'll share with this. Um, Jesus says, to go and to fish for people. Uh, I'm not the greatest fisherman. Uh, just whether, just talking about real fish, I guess. And I'll blame, I'm going to blame my dad for that. Uh, he's not here, so he can't defend himself. So it's okay. Uh, when we would go fishing when I was growing up, like I don't remember ever catching anything. And so I didn't pay any attention. Uh, I didn't know anything. I, I just, I, I avoided it. One day, my kids came to me and said, hey, we want to go fishing. There's a pond down the road from our house. Hey, we want to go fishing. I was like, ah, I don't know about that. They really wanted to go. So as a parent, you know, it's like your kids really want something. A lot of times you'll, okay, I'll, I'll take the step. Fortunately, there's, there's YouTube. Um, <laughs> so, 
So I watched a few videos. I learned how to attach a bobber. I learned how to attach some weights and some lures, how to cut the line, all that fun stuff. I've got a few friends who are really great at fishing. So I called them up and just tried to ask for some advice, some tips and tricks. Uh, and, then, and then we went out and we began to try it. And, and the first time we went, I'm pretty sure we lost a lure and a bobber. I'm pretty sure that, you know, we made a mess of it. But we practiced it. We tried it. And then we said, okay, well, what didn't work right? I learned, okay, maybe I need to tie this knot a little bit differently. Maybe I need to go back and watch this video again. Uh, but I tried it. Uh, I practiced. I failed. I tried again. I kept trying. And, and, and I'm nowhere near a master fisherman now. Uh, I think even still, if somebody saw us out there fishing, they might wonder, you know, how we've caught anything. Half the time I'm by the water, I feel like I'm faking it, right? But we've actually been able to catch a few fish. And I actually reached in and pulled out the hook and let it go. I mean, I feel really good about that, too, that I, that I pulled the hook out. Uh, and, and so, you know, I feel like if me and my kids, we, we might keep learning a little bit more about fishing. We might continue to practice it a little bit more. Uh, we'll continue to talk to people who are good at it, uh, who know a lot about it. And eventually, over time, we might get even better at it. Uh, I don't know that we're ever going to win any fishing tournaments. Uh, I don't know that anybody's going to confuse me and start calling me, you know, Captain Denville. Um, <laughs> But we can be okay enough that the experience will be worthwhile, that the experience will be good. And sometimes we'll catch something and sometimes we won't. Uh, but, but we'll be okay with it and we'll be able to enjoy it in the process. And, and I, think it's, I think it's similar uh, as we're following Jesus' call to fish for people. As we're following this command that Jesus gives us of making disciples. Right? We learn a little bit. We talk to some other people who maybe know a little bit more about it than we do. We spend some time with Jesus and then, and then we practice it. We figure out, okay, well, this is the part that didn't go so well. Uh, this is the part that did. Where's this part that I need to continue to learn and grow in? And then, so you go back and you talk to some other people about it. Uh, you go and you, you learn a little bit more. You go and spend a little bit more time with Jesus. And then you take a step again and you practice and you try it again. This is what God has done in my life. This is, this is the difference that God has made in my life. And maybe it falls on deaf ears. And maybe, maybe somebody says, oh, you know, that's really interesting. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Uh, but you try again and you come back and you learn and then you go back out again. And, you know, none of us, none of us might ever become a Billy Graham, right? Throwing out big, massive nets and just watching tons of fish come in. You know, but, but we can all go out there with our cane pole, a string, and a worm and just toss it out. See if we get a few bites, a few nibbles. Right, that's the journey that, that Jesus is inviting us into. Right, to, to learn and grow, to continue to walk with him, and then to throw out the line. To tell the story of what God has done for us. And so what I would encourage you to do is to, to take... The next step, whatever that might be within your life. Perhaps that next step is to join a group. I mean, we've got a, a Sunday school group, an adult class that meets after this. They're going through the study of the book of Ruth. It's a great place to connect, to encourage, to be able to begin talking about what God is doing in your life. Now, this summer, uh, we're going to be spending our summer in the scriptures. We're going to be reading through the book of John and the book of Acts. And we want to develop some summer reading groups, right? So the first week, it's John 1 through 5. You'll read John 1 through 5. You'll meet in your group. 
Talk about, you know, how did you see God in this passage? Well, what does this passage tell us about people? How is Jesus inviting you to take a next step in your life this week? There'll be a, a series of questions that you'll talk about in your group as you're reading through those passages. The sermon on Sunday will relate to one of those scripture passages that we read. And so maybe that next step for you uh, to educate yourself on the biblical message is to join a summer reading group, to walk through John or Acts uh, inside of one of these groups. And if you miss a week because you're on vacation or because something comes up, it's okay. You just come back the next week. Or, or maybe, maybe the step that God is inviting you to take is to lead a summer reading group. You know, maybe it's like, hey, you've been in groups for a while. Now's the time to take a step and lead one. You know, and we'll provide you with the resources and training, the support for it. If things are going awry, you can come back and we'll say, oh, well, maybe try this or maybe, maybe do this. And we can come along and support you. But maybe that's the step that you're called to take. Uh, whatever that step might be, I invite you to think about it and, and to pray about it this morning. Ask God, you know, God, where, where are you calling me to further my walk with you, to learn and grow and become more like Jesus? And who are you calling me to tell the story of what you've done in my life too, this week, next week? Who, who have you placed in my life that you're just saying, hey, just throw out the pole and, and see what happens. Throw out the line and see what happens. Put it out there and see what God can do, what I can do with it. Uh, let us pray together. Gracious God, we do give you thanks uh, that you love us, that you care for us, that you are faithful to us, uh, that you invite us to draw closer to you, that you are faithful, that, that as we draw near to you, that you uh, draw even closer, even nearer to us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would know the, that, that sense of closeness, the sense of peace that comes uh, from your presence as we draw near to you. I pray that uh, you would give us insight uh, into each of our lives where you're calling us to take that next step of faith, that, that step of growing in grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, and I pray that uh, as we take steps of faith to begin sharing the story of what you've done, uh, to tell other people about what you've done in our lives, what Jesus has done for them, uh, that you would give us a, a sense of courage. You would fill us with your compassion to care for, to love people enough to invite them to know you. And that we would have a, a sense of peace that overcomes whatever anxieties we feel in those moments. Lord, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you love and you care for us. Continue to draw us closer to you and to one another, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.